0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. I have always been a shoe girl. They make such a big difference when putting together outfits, and I like to have options for every season here in Idaho. Spring and summer shoes for church, fall and winter shoes for church, sandals for fun, and more supportive sandals for outdoor adventuring with my family. Sneakers, boots, the list goes on and I'm so glad I can count on true comfort and support with Vionic. They began by revolutionizing medical orthotics, and today they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day with beautiful curated styles for every season. I have been loving my Brighton boots this fall and will continue to wear them through winter. They're comfortable for all day wear, whether I'm running errands with my kids, out to dinner, or headed to church. If you want to try Vionic shoes for yourself, Use code 3IN30 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's code 3IN30 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. One-time use only at Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. ADHD has gotten a lot of attention in recent years, and for good reason. As this condition is becoming more widely studied and understood, it's obvious that the picture of someone with ADHD is not just a hyperactive little boy bouncing off the walls. ADHD is broadly defined as an ongoing pattern of attention difficulties and or hyperactivity or impulsivity that interferes with functioning, and it can look very different in boys and girls. Research shows that it is often missed in girls and may not become obvious until they are grown women managing the demands of adulthood, life, and mothering. That's why you may have mom friends who've recently been diagnosed with ADHD, or you yourself may have been recently diagnosed with it. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to manage the crazy input of motherhood if you have ADHD or some other type of neurodivergence, or if you sometimes wonder if you do. And honestly, the tips and strategies in this episode will help any mom, because the mental load of motherhood is a lot for even the most organized thinker. My guest is Alex Gilbert, a New Yorker, a Mets fan, a yogi, and a brunch enthusiast who also has dyslexia and ADHD. After spending her career working in leadership development, she decided to start a consulting and coaching business that helps adults with learning disabilities and or ADHD who have been struggling in their careers and day-to-day lives. Her business, Cape Able Consulting, was created to help them navigate their day-to-day workloads so that they feel supported and are able to reach their highest potential. Alex says that when she became a mom last year, her learning disabilities challenged her daily life on a new level, and she realized that while many necessary supports exist for children with learning disabilities, these supports are very few and far between for adults, and she wants to help change that. I know you're going to love this conversation with Alex Gilbert, so here we go. Alex, welcome to 3 and 30. I am so excited to talk with you today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, I feel like ADHD is getting a lot more attention in recent years. A lot more people are starting to understand what it actually looks like, especially in women. And I'm sure that there are a lot of my listeners who have been wondering if they have ADHD or who have maybe been recently diagnosed. And so I've been wanting to have an episode on mothering with ADHD for a long time. And so I'm just so excited you're here to give us your expertise on this.
1: I'm so excited to talk about this too, mostly because I'm someone who was diagnosed at eight years old and had resources all the way through college to then be working and then become a parent is very different dynamic for every one of those executive functioning tasks that you need. So it's a revolutionary piece for me as I'm learning through this and knowing that I already had this type of disability and knowing what executive functioning looks like in all of those phases. So I think this will be a very interesting insight, especially if many of the women who are listening to this are newly diagnosed. I can give a little more insight, hopefully, Mm. to how their brain is thinking.
0: Yeah. And I have heard that motherhood puts so much stress on us mentally and on our executive functioning that sometimes women who have had ADHD all along but could function for a while and never knew about their ADHD, motherhood is the thing that they can no longer handle all of the input. And that's when they realize, oh, I think I might have something additional going on. Oh, Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I had to chuckle when you said motherhood has added a new level to your understanding of this topic.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's lots of things that we could talk about through this podcast and make me laugh as I'm thinking back. My daughter is 15 months old. So just thinking through like the newborn phase to now, how much executive functioning takes place is uh, a lot. Let's just say that.
0: Yes. Well, and I have to tell you a funny story. One of my good friends has four kids, four boys. And she was diagnosed with ADHD before she became a mom, took medication for a while, then stopped taking medication for a number of reasons. And now with four boys is just feeling very mentally taxed and wanted to get on medication. She went to see her doctor and her doctor was so weird about it and said, I don't understand why you would need medication if you're not working outside the home. Oh, my God. I know. My jaw literally hit the ground when she told me that. You don't
1: see my jaw anymore, but it is fully on the ground on that one. That's
0: awful. I know. And she said to him, and I was so glad she stood up for herself. She said, you know, my husband is an oral surgeon. He's been through dental school and medical school. He has an incredibly demanding career. And he looks at what I do and what I manage every day with the moving parts of family life as a stay-at-home mom to four kids. And he tells me he could never do what I do. And it takes incredible levels of executive functioning and stamina and resilience and mental energy and kind of how dare you undermine what I do and say that I don't need medication to manage this disability that I have. So anyway, she found a different doctor.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I hope that there was a different doctor involved. Because that's like medical gaslighting 101. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's also why so many women do not seek a diagnosis because they don't want to be dismissed for how they're yes. feeling or how they think. Or they've masked for all this time and had to convince themselves that they don't have these types of disabilities because nobody believes yes. them. So... um Good for your friend. Uh, I hope their doctor, their new doctor, is much more supportive um, because it should be her decision with
0: the right doctor. Yes, absolutely. If she would like to take it. Yeah, yes. Well, and I just tell that story to give a little bit of context for this conversation that motherhood is a challenge mentally for even neurotypical women, even more so with neurodivergent. And so regardless of where you are, if you have a diagnosis, if you don't, these takeaways that you're sharing today, I really think could help any mother and especially those who are neurodivergent. So I'm so excited to learn from you. And let's get started with your first takeaway.
1: Yeah, I want to focus on your strengths because I think a lot of women in particular, I just mentioned this masking piece, are overcompensating for so much in order to be the best mom if they are also working to be the best employee they have to be all the things at the same time and it's like you see all of these challenges as equal weight and the thing is you are really good at a lot of things but you're not perfect at anything and nobody is Mm. so it's okay to lean into your strengths And focus on how you can do those to the best of your ability and get the support you need for the things that you are not great at. So if you Mm -hmm. are one of those people who is a visual learner and setting up a schedule for your kids means setting up a chart that everybody can see, focus on that. Make it beautiful. Make it easy for you. And if you are actually struggling with what is on those lists that you've made visually... That's when you can lean into who is around you to give you that support of I'm time blind. I need to get it out the door at a certain point. Does that mean leaning on a person or does that mean using technology like I'm not even going to say the name because mine will go off, but A-L-E-X-A to tell you when you got to go out the door?
0: Yes. I love this emphasis of this first takeaway on focusing on your strengths and not always trying to improve on your weaknesses. I mean... Support your weaknesses, yes. But this obsession with like, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to improve that. Like, there's no reason why this should be this hard for me. Everybody else seems to be able to do it. If I just work hard enough, I can do it too. That can sometimes get in our way of just accepting, no, this is legitimately difficult for me because of the way my brain is wired. And I don't need to try to fix that. I can lean into my strengths and stop seeing myself as like a screw up a disorganized mom and instead see myself as a mom with this extra thing that actually can bring a lot of strengths to my life and my kids' lives because of my ADHD or whatever extra thing that you're dealing with.
1: So I'm bringing this up like front of mind because I I just had a episode yesterday on my podcast with my friend Katie talking about this exact moment that you just said, which was you're looking at mm. everybody else who's doing something better than you and it's like but they're also looking at you saying, how do you do that with such ease? And I've joked that, you know, in my home, I am what I call input and my husband is output. I can organize all the things that we need for our daughter to get out the door for school. I can think through all the play dates and, and classes and all the things. But when it comes to taking out the garbage, actually giving her her meals or playing with her on the floor, not always my strongest suit but it is his. And you don't want to strive for sameness. You want to strive for partnership. And partnership, again, doesn't necessarily mean a partnership for your spouse or significant other or friends that you're leaning into. Sometimes it is technology. Sometimes it is your kids. Sometimes it is your coworkers or wherever that looks like. But it's okay to lean into those strengths and know that people are also looking for you for the things that you're exceptional at. My husband couldn't make a list Mm -hmm. to go grocery shopping. He texted me right before this and said, I'm going to go to the grocery store. What do I get? I'm like, you are in the same house as me. But you know what? Mm -hmm. That's not his strength. Me going to the supermarket overwhelms me. So I'm okay with letting him do the things that I'm not great at if I can help him do the things that he's better at, too.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, something that I hear a lot is that ADHD can be a superpower. And I know that that's a somewhat controversial statement, I think. But have you seen your ADHD be a blessing or a positive to your life?
1: I absolutely love that you brought that up because I am one of those people who says, I believe that having ADHD or dyslexia is a superpower. And it is very controversial because I think people see this as very black and white. The thing is, when you Mm -hmm. think of a superhero, You are thinking of all of their strengths. And the only person who is thinking about their weaknesses are the villains who are trying to take them down. You do not need to be your own villain. You do not need to Mm. be the person who's beating yourself up internally. You should strive on your strengths. And in terms of like where my dyslexia and my ADHD come into play. I am the world's best problem solver. You can throw me in the middle of anything and I will figure it out. Will I be overwhelmed for a second? Sure. But I can see the big picture and the little details all at the exact same time. I can plan ahead to the point that everyone around me looks Mm. at me and says, I'm sorry, how did you get there? I can make connections for people that otherwise wouldn't be seen. I have these abilities to Mm. be socially intelligent and intellectually intelligent in that way that most people can't. That emotional intelligence has helped me do my job so well, but also read the room, read everyone's emotions around me to be able to adapt myself and the scenario to make everybody feel comfortable. I wouldn't want those to be taken away at Mm -hmm. any point. And I'm also, again, coming from a point of privilege that I have had this diagnosis since I was eight years old. So I've come to these realizations throughout my entire life, which I find that when I am meeting people who are newly diagnosed, they are not at that point. And to compare themselves to where I am in that journey is really Mm -hmm. challenging. And I would say that it's okay to be in your own lane that doesn't take away from any of your strengths. And if you are not at this point yet, that's also okay. You can get there in small doses. So what is it that you find that is coming so easily to you that you can lean on right?
0: Yeah. And I've heard that why that statement can be controversial is some people with ADHD say like, stop saying that. This is a legitimate disability that has hindered my life. And it Mm -hmm. feels dismissive to say like, oh, it's a superpower when really it's made things really difficult for me. And I can totally relate to that and understand that. And also, I think maybe it's speaking to what you just said, that those may be people that are newly diagnosed, that are grappling, that are grieving the fact that they didn't have this knowledge about themselves all along and they've really struggled because of it. But maybe over time, it sounds like in your experience that that person may start to see more of the strengths and hone them and channel them so it does start to feel more like a superpower than a limitation.
1: Yeah. And look, I am not going to dismiss anyone's feelings on this if they don't see it as a superpower. The reality is being time blind is not fun. I just spent an hour this morning looking for my wallet, which I had to retrace my steps, thinking through my entire day of why would I have taken my wallet somewhere else? What did I do? That is not fun. Yes. You know, that is not something I am proudest of, but that doesn't take away from any of the things that I just mentioned.
0: Yeah, you're not feeling like a superhero in that moment.
1: No, but to say that, like, none of the other things existed, I feel like, is dismissing who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people Mm -hmm. to sit in that space of hurt and pain for so long, not dismissing it at all. I could have easily sat in that moment and just cried for an hour after I did that. But it was it it didn't diminish who I am. And I think that Mm -hmm. hurt to be able to talk through, whether it's with a therapist or with a coach, to be able to express that, that you are not less than because of
0: those things doesn't take away from your strengths. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by T.N. Dickinson's, 100% natural clinical grade witch hazel. The first time I ever remember hearing about witch hazel was when I saw some witch hazel infused wipes on the back of my mom's toilet when I was a kid. I wasn't sure what that was about, but now that I'm a grown up, boy do I understand. Witch hazel products are not only for those private areas, but can easily be incorporated for daily cleansing and first aid for everyone in the family, dry and sensitive skin included. I like to keep the Witch Hazel Moisturizing Astringent Wipes in the car for cuts and scrapes. And T. N. Dickinson's Witch Hazel is formulated with hyaluronic acid and aloe to hydrate and soothe skin while cleansing. So it's the perfect quick addition for my face in the morning or in the evening after I wash off my makeup. T. N. Dickinson's products are available on Amazon and at major retailers including Walgreens, Walmart, Target, CVS, and Rite Aid. Just be sure to look for the brand name T N Dickinsons, as they are the only all-natural clinical-grade witch hazel on the market that cleanses, soothes, and treats just about anything, and is gentle enough to use daily. That's T N Dickinsons for all of your witch hazel products. T N D I C K I N S O N S. This podcast is also sponsored by Brook Linen. Brook Linen makes luxury bed sheets, pillows, comforters, and blankets. Brooklinen offers a whole fleet of sheet options from linen to flannel to accommodate all types of sleepers, those who sleep cool, those who sleep hot, and everything in between. This means a guaranteed cozy bed to jump into after watching a scary movie this Halloween season, or if I'm being real, after a scary day with your kids. I have the classic core sheet set in solid white, and I am absolutely delighted by them. Is there anything better than climbing into soft sheets at the end of a long tiring day? Their internet-famous sheets have over 100,000 five-star reviews, they've won multiple awards from industry experts, and they're made with long-staple cotton for longevity and softness. It's no trick. Brooklinen's best-selling linens are sure to curb those seasonal scaries this fall. Visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com, that's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, and use code 3IN30 for $20 off your order of $100 or more. That's dot com, and use the promo code 3IN30 for $20 off. Well, in the first takeaway, you talked about focusing on your strengths. And mm-hmm. the second takeaway, I feel like, is a great balance to that. Because even though you have strengths, you also have some needs based on your sure. disability. So what's your second takeaway?
1: My second one is getting to know your needs. And I think that this is where a lot of people, specifically who have ADHD, get caught up in is they hear a problem and they immediately want the solution. And so they jump to the solution rather than stepping back and asking, what do I need? I mentioned my daughter is 15 months old, but I was exclusively pumping for a year. And into that journey, I realized there was a lot of things that I needed in order to be able to do this. I struggle with my right and my left. I struggle with numbers. Occasionally we would use formula and I needed to have a device like I used the Baby Brezza because it counted for me because I realized at three in the morning I was not going to remember because of my Mm. ADHD. I was not going to remember how much water I put in there. And I was not going to remember how much formula needed to go in there. And so honestly, it was easier for me to pump because I knew how much was going in, but I needed to use devices and put right and left. And I was trying to track that. And I just mentioned so much executive functioning and knowing what time it is or how long I was doing it, because that was also really, really challenging. So I had to stop and say, Alex, what is going to make this easier for you? And I realized, OK, one, I need a giant clock in her room that tells me the day, the time, you know, what I'm doing so I can focus on that time. I need to set timers. Mm-hmm. I had alarms that went off five times a day to remind me to pump. Otherwise, I would not have remembered. I made sure to put stickers that were right and left stickers so that I knew which one I was using when. That way I could focus on that. Taking the time to say what do I need right now is the best thing you can do to apply what's going to work for you next because that solution that you might have just heard might not work for you in that moment and might not work for you at all because not all the solutions make the most sense for you. So you have to say what is going to be helpful for me right now? Mm.
0: Yeah, I have a friend. Actually, I'm just realizing as I say this out loud, it's the same friend oh, wow. that I told the story about at the beginning. Yeah. And she's helped me quite a bit with what she calls compensatory strategies. So she spent a weekend with me and saw how many times I lost my wallet and like couldn't find it and left it places. And she said to me, what you need is compensatory strategies to just accept that you're not good at keeping track of things. And instead of beating yourself up over it, just figure out a system or a solution or a help or a support for that for yourself. So she said, get a wallet with a strap so that you're always just wearing your wallet. So I have kind of like a wallet purse that I just immediately put on and keep around my neck when I go out. I've actually connected my keys. I got like a lanyard. So they're tethered to my wallet purse so that I'm not searching for my keys. If I know where my wallet is, I know where my keys are. And my wallet purse pretty much stays in my car, in my garage. I know you don't have that luxury in New York City where you live, but we live in a very safe neighborhood. I leave my wallet purse in my car in a closed garage at night so that in the morning I'm not running around trying to find it. That's an example of a compensatory strategy of just saying, I'm gonna accept this about myself and instead of continuing to fight against myself, what are the supports I can put in place? And that will be totally individualized and unique depending on your needs. You can brainstorm with a friend or a family member and they'll help you figure out how to support yourself when your executive functioning isn't quite there in whatever season of life you're in.
1: For sure, and those are really much bigger scenarios of always needing to know where your wallet is or this whole pumping journey that I went on. But this also goes for getting to know your needs in your day to day. There's a lot going on in the world. And to be Mm -hmm. frank, I've been very overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and anxious and focusing has not been the easiest task for me. So as I get to the day and Mm -hmm. I feel as though I am very anxious, I have to say, Alex, what is going to help you focus on what's in front of you? And sometimes it's not about sitting at my computer. Sometimes it's I have other things on my to-do list and I would rather be away from devices entirely and I will focus on other things, whether that's my body needs to move or my body needs fresh air or I would like to do the laundry, do something mundane because that feels a little more manageable for the moment with some music. Focus on the moment that you could say, what do I need in this moment? Applies Mm -hmm. to every aspect of your day.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Instead of trying to force yourself, like my to-do list said, I would do this thing right now when your brain isn't there and you can't focus on it. Allow yourself to say, actually, I'm going to do something else that manages my need right this moment. And I can come back to that to-do list item later. It's a really compassionate way to operate. Yes, for sure. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. 2023 has brought one challenge after another for my family, sometimes at the same time. I have found myself heavily leaning on the positive coping skills I've learned in therapy over the years. Whether you're dealing with challenges around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life, so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice, the easier it gets. Therapy has taught me how to be kind to myself when I'm not feeling like myself. I'm anchored to the knowledge that we will get through this and there are still good days in between the hard ones. If you've ever thought of trying therapy, I highly recommend starting with BetterHelp. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. and Don't forget you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you find yourself feeling trapped in your own brain with spiraling thoughts of sadness, discouragement, or self-loathing, it's time to get some therapeutic support. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com 3in30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot 3in30. And then what's your third and final takeaway for us?
1: Communicate with your family. Communicating with your family is really important for you to get that extra support that you need for whether you have a disability or you don't. A lot of this mental load is because we are taking on what is absolutely societal pressure in addition to our own pressure and internalizing it. Come into a conversation knowing what you want to come out of it. I try so hard to take the phrase, I don't know, out of context, because I think when we say words like I don't know, it means that you don't actually know what's going on, which is not true. You know what's Mm -hmm. happening. You know what you don't need. So start with what you don't need. You know, is doing the laundry the most important thing for the day? I I don't need that, but I could do that right now. I could Mm -hmm. do the laundry. Does it mean I don't want to fold it and put it away? Can you give that as the example of what you could use support on. Take it into teeny, teeny, tiny tasks that you can break down so you can reach out for support with tangible steps of what that looks like.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the first step to being able to communicate with your family is understanding your own brain and your own neurodiversity. If you are recently diagnosed, especially, it's time to do some learning and figure out and do some coaching with people like you, Alex, or Mm. reading and figure out your brain. So then you can bring it to your family and say, this is why these things are hard for me. And these are the supports we can put in place as a family. This is what I need. And just to sort of have an acceptance of who you are and an understanding of who you are. I've done that with my son who was diagnosed with ADHD a couple of years ago of just trying to help him understand this is how your unique brain works. There's nothing wrong with that here's some supports you can put in place. And one of the ways I do that is just by talking through with him what I do to support myself and why I'm doing it. Because I Mm -hmm. think so often with our kids, we don't verbalize or sort of narrate like what we're doing and why. And that little extra step can be really powerful. So I'll tell him things like, he'll be you know, at the kitchen table reading or doing something. I'm doing the laundry. We're not interacting, but I'll just stop him for a second and say, hey bud, Just so you know, I just started the laundry and I know I will forget to forward it. And so I set a timer on the Alexa to remind me to forward the laundry. And that's a strategy you could use. Use lots of timers to remind yourself to do things. So I'm showing him it's not just you. It's also adults that have to do these things to manage their brains. And I think that that's been really helpful for him to hear my process of how I manage my scattered brain and how he can do the same.
1: I love that. And it also just makes what he's going through not threatening. Having that conversation probably also helps him to not only process why you were doing the laundry that way, but how you were processing information out loud. I narrate everything, but I also sing it. I think we've been listening to a little too much Miss Rachel because I sing everything. And they take all the mm-hmm. tunes to all the songs that she loves and I sing what I'm doing and, and she thinks it's hilarious. So, oh,
0: that's so at least fun. she's not
1: sick of my voice.
0: Yes. Yes. Not yet. She may get that. My kids, as they've gotten older, are sometimes like, Mom, tone it down because I sing <laughs> everything too. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been a delightful conversation, Alex. And if listeners want to learn more from you, where can they find you?
1: Sure. So you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at I am Capable. I spell cape, C-A-P-E, able. Or you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn at Capable Consulting LLC, which is also C-A-P-E. Or you can check out my latest podcast, which is called the ADHD Lounge Podcast. And it's with my co-host Katie Weber from Women in ADHD. So You can check us out there. It's a community space that we just launched, and we have lots of guests who we bring into roundtable discussions on all the things that affect people with ADHD in particular. And I know I've discussed some topics that are definitely in overlap with your show as well. So I think this will be very interesting to listen to if you have interest.
0: Yeah, great compliment for sure to what they're learning on 3 and 30 Well, thank you so much, Alex, for coming on and for your time today, for the work that you do in the world. We're so grateful to have had you on 3 and 30. Thank you for having me. Many thanks to Alex for sharing her takeaways on this topic. And before we end, let's recap those. As a mom with ADHD or other neurodivergence, remember to first focus on your strengths. Everyone has unique strengths and talents, and it's important to focus on what you're good at rather than what you are not good at. When you put your energy into maximizing on your strengths rather than trying to fix your quote, weaknesses, your energy will get you so much farther and you'll be able to channel it to support your less strong areas. In my Self-Assured Motherhood program, I have an entire month-long unit about celebrating your strengths, and I encourage the moms in my course to own their gifts and make peace with their weaknesses. I love to remind them of this quote from a 2005 Harvard Business Review article called How to Play to Your Strengths. The article says, it's a rare baseball player who is equally good at every position. Why should a natural third baseman labor to develop his skills as a right fielder? End quote. So if your unique brain makes you an outstanding mom in some ways, lean into those and seek supports to help you with the other areas where you don't naturally shine. Which leads right into our second takeaway. Get to know your needs so you can brainstorm ways to support and compensate for them learn about your ADHD and how it manifests in your unique brain, and then start thinking of systems to help you function better. Alex mentioned how she came up with compensatory strategies to help her manage all of the moving parts of feeding her baby, including modifying her environment to meet her needs. I love the idea of buying a giant clock she could see easily in her child's room at 3 a.m. And adding lots of systems to her life, such as visual ways to track and record whether she pumped on her left or her right side, and using technology to help her measure out the right amount of formula without losing track. I have found in my own life using a smart device such as Alexa can be a game changer for setting reminders or verbally adding notes to my phone to help me track important info. And third and finally, communicate with your family. Let your children and partner know about your unique brain and explain what that means for you. Be open and honest about your challenges and strengths and work together to find strategies that work for everyone. Narrate aloud what you are doing and why, so your family starts to understand the way you process, so they can support you better, but also so they can learn these strategies for themselves, as they surely have their own unique brains to manage. I love Alex's belief that ADHD and other neurodiversities can be a superpower, especially the more you come to understand and support it in your daily life. Whether you're navigating this condition for yourself or someone you love, I hope the takeaways in today's episode have been helpful for you. And please know that as always, I'm rooting for you, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.